Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. William Wilberforce. In 1780, he was elected to Parliament in England. He was not saved when he was elected to Parliament. He said pretty much, you know, I was just doing nothing. You know, he was born, as I remember, I believe he was born very wealthy, in a very wealthy home and had all these extras or whatnot. And he ends up being elected to Parliament. After he got elected, he began to reflect on life. Reflect on life. Guess what's happening? Somebody is praying and he's the recipient of prayers that are going on, right? So he starts thinking about his life. And he starts thinking about how empty his life is. He begins to feel intense sorrow for how he's lived and his, his life. And he said this, he said, I am sure no creature could suffer more than I did for some months. I bet every one of you has felt that way at times where, man, there's hardly anybody that could have gone through what I went through, right? He felt that way. So he was elected in 1780. Then in 1786, on Easter Day, which is Resurrection Day, he's born again. He has an encounter with God. He gets born again. And from that day, his life began to change. He pulled away from things that were God. He, one of the things he said that he was doing was he pulled away from all the dinners and the parties. I heard a politician, I don't remember whether it's a current politician or I don't even remember who it was, but I just remember what he said. He said, when you go to Washington, a lot of people, they have good intentions. He said, but it's the social part. He said, you go to all these dinners and all these parties and there's an influence there. You want to be accepted. You want to fit in. And there's an influence there at the party or at the dinners and whether it's sort of fitting in with their jokes or their continual this or that you end up becoming one of them and little by little you lost who you were and he was sharing how the social aspect of politics actually corrupts you so when i when i was reading that william wilberforce said I completely pulled away from the social part of politics. I quit going to those dinner parties. I quit trying to connect with all these people because that was polluting my Christianity. That's what he said. So God did begin to work on his heart and he developed a burden for the slaves. Slavery was so entrenched in that culture at that time. It was just a part of life. You know, if you grew up, you know, if you're a child, you're just going to see it. You probably won't even think twice about it. It was just the way things are. I remember like when I was growing up, things that we might have, you know, looking back, I go, wow, I didn't even realize that I grew up thinking like that. It's just, you weren't thinking like it. It's just, it's just the way things are. You don't question it, right? So, but anyway, it was that entrenched in his culture, but he knew it was wrong and he knew he had to do something about it. And so to make a long story short, he began to stand up against slavery he was like the only one people opposed him they'd lie about him they'd bring him down you know they'd vilify him he'd be the worst person right so he was attacked continually but he never gave up and it's amazing if you ever get to read his story 
about he continued to fight because he knew what he was doing was of God. It was in his culture. And he said, I'm going to be one to make the change. Now, I know he was praying, but I want to emphasize, I believe there have been many that were praying for him or praying that God changed things. Many praying, many praying. And God goes, okay, I'm going to put the burden on this one right here. And he dropped the call of God and the burden on that man. So I don't think he's the only one active, but he's like the Joshua that God's using at that moment, right? And God wants to use all of us, I believe, in some dimension. But anyway, he never gave up. He's like the Joshua, fighting, fighting, fighting. Maybe it looks like he got knocked down, but he kept going forward, and there's a lot of people praying for him. There's a lot of people praying, God, in slavery. God, uproot this evil in our nation. God, do something. Do, they're praying, they're praying, they're praying. Anyway, he began to introduce these bills to, to end slavery in England. He introduced a bill, and I mean, I, was, I wrote down all the years where he introduced bills, and they were, he, he lost, they were defeated. 1791, the first time. Again in 1792. 1793, he brought bills again to end slavery. Defeated again. 1797, bills brought before the house again, defeated. 1798, he brought bills again, defeated. 1799, he brought bills again, defeated. How many of you would have given up by now? 1804, he brought bills again, defeated. Finally, in 1805, he got his first breakthrough. The first bill finally passed that began to break the back of slavery in England. But guess what? It wasn't over. The final straw didn't, didn't break the camel's back until, when was it? 1833. Thankfully, I wrote that down. So look how many years he was fighting for it personally. Man, that's what is that? Like 40-some years that he's fighting for this battle? He ought to win. It looks like he's not going forward. Finally, praise God, the breakthrough was there. And now, all of culture would go, man, how stupid, how crazy were those people, right? Because their world was upside down, and they couldn't even know that. You see, we need people that believe the Word of God, that know how to pray, and that know how to engage in culture to turn an upside-down world right side up. We need people like Timothy that will be willing to go and speak openly. You know, I'm telling you honestly, if we were there, what would we do? Oh, I don't want to be associated with that guy. Oh, look what he's doing. Hey, guy, you're going a little too far. They're just like that every year. They just do that. We just need to pray. No, Timothy's like, no, this is my time. I've seen this every year. I've had enough. I've got to engage this. This has to stop, right? William Wilberforce was willing to engage culture and to say, you know what? God has moved on my heart. I'm going to make a change in this culture where I am. Now, I want to just encourage you today as we're finishing up to recognize where you are as a child of God. You've been given special privilege and access to God. You've been given access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to pray. Right into His throne room you can go and pray and ask God for power and God will hear your prayers and God will answer your prayers God will empower you. And God will use you to pray for bigger things other than yourself. 
and your little world. But let me just say here too, we need to also be willing to go, God, how will you use me? Some of you, maybe you've got corruption going on in your workplace. And you need to say, God, I've been praying about it. Now, Lord, how, what, how can I do the, the second part? How can I engage here? I've been praying. I believe I'm winning the victory there. But now, God, how would you have me to walk this victory out? How would you have me to fight? What's the next step? Some of you might be in a place that you realize is, you know, maybe they lie to people. Maybe there's just a, a culture of corruption at your workplace, culture of lying. Maybe it's something else that you see that's going on in your workplace. Maybe a lot of vile behavior, ungodliness. You, you need to think, you know what? I want to bring people to the Lord. I want to bring all these to the Lord. And I want an open door. But beyond that, I also want to bring the kingdom of God here. I don't want them living like this. I don't want this culture here. When somebody else comes to work here, I don't want them to have to come into this and to be influenced by this. God, let me change the culture where I am. Let me get involved and bring godliness to where I go. You see, God says we're salt and light. What's salt is a preservative. What's light? That which exposes darkness. God says, be light wherever you are. Be light wherever you go. Bring light where there's darkness. That's a mission, a role that we have as light bearers. Amen? Amen. Well, let me just leave you with that right there, and, and I'll just pray for you. But I want you to, you see, there's, there's something missing in the body of Christ where we just think of God only as the worship part. You see, that's the body of Christ part. That's the family part, the worship part, the connect part, the pray part. But then there's the other part where we're the army of God. We're the legislators of God. We're the ones bringing His rule into the earth. We're the ones like Joshua fighting, right? And you see, I believe we need to begin to incorporate our individual vision with our call and what's going on in the world. That's what makes us zealous to pray when God's involved using us every day and we have to be one with God. Then we're worshiping and we're also praying, God, bless me in what I do today and help me to be a blessing to somebody. Help me, maybe I can pray for somebody that's discouraged. That's bringing the kingdom of God somewhere. Maybe I can love on someone today that needs love. Maybe I can speak to someone today in a certain way to help them change the way they're thinking about life. God, help me in some way. Expand the kingdom of God wherever I go. You see, and God will use you if you begin to have that mindset. And if you begin to realize God has commissioned you, not just to be a worshiper, but a member of the army to go do His will and to expand the kingdom of God wherever you go.